This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, September 26th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. NAFTA ag negotiators set to tackle tariffs. Chinese demand spurs Brazilian beef production. And study defends farm policy. Takes aim at heritage. U.S., Mexican, and Canadian negotiators continue to work through the new sanitary and phytosanitary proposals over the weekend in Ottawa, where the third round of talks to rewrite the North American Free Trade Agreement started on Saturday. Today, though, negotiators are scheduled to begin going through and updating the tariff agreements between the three NAFTA countries, sources in Ottawa, tell AgriPulse. That's delicate territory because most of the U.S. ag sector, whether it's grain shippers or beef exporters, are satisfied with the current status quo. For the most part, there aren't any tariffs on farm commodities traded between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, and that's the way that the U.S. ag sector wants to keep it. The message of, quote, do no harm to tariff-free trade has been repeated so often by U.S. ag groups that it's become a mantra picked up by U.S. government officials and lawmakers on Capitol Hill. It's not the case with the U.S. dairy industry, though. U.S. dairy export face tariffs as high as 300% when it comes to Canada. The U.S. does ship about $500 million worth of dairy products to Canada every year, but much of those shipments are only allowed if they enter through a re-export program. That means the same amount that goes to Canada has to come out in another form, often back to the U.S. Chinese demand spurs Brazilian beef production. Brazilian beef consumption is pretty much flat, but the country's ranchers and packers have been ramping up production to meet growing demand from the Chinese and other Asian countries. USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service said in a new analysis. Brazil is now forecast to slaughter 38.8 million head of cattle next year, up from 38.2 million this year, 37.6 million last year, according to the FAS report. The Brazilian-based analysis says beef exports are expected to rise about 6% next year to 1.9 million metric tons, making 2018 the third consecutive year of stronger foreign sales. Meanwhile, the Brazilian beef industry is optimistic that the U.S. will reopen its market to fresh and processed product from the South American country. The U.S. shut down imports earlier this year after the USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service told Brazil that the agency was finding too many safety violations. That prompted a visit to the U.S. and USDA headquarters in July by Brazilian Agriculture Minister Blario Maggi, who met with USDA Chief Sonny Perdue. Predicting a resumption of trade, the FAS says now it expects Brazil to export about 85,000 tons of beef to the U.S. in 2018. Study defends farm policy, takes aim at heritage. A new study backed by Commodity and Crop Insurance Group says the current farm policy framework is successful and lawmakers should ignore the assertions of the Heritage Foundation. The study, authored by former USDA Risk Management Agency Administrator Brandon Willis, says Heritage Approach would put America last as opposed to the President's America First policy goals. Specifically, Willis mentioned seven issues with the Heritage Blueprint for Agriculture Policy released last year, including cherry-picking data and dismissing successes observed through programs like crop insurance. 
He also points to the dire state of the farm economy, the unique risk structure of agriculture, and the benefits of farm policy to the greater population. In an interview with AgriPulse, Willis said he wanted to write the report because he thought heritage interpretation of farm programs, quote, is just not consistent with what I saw growing up on a farm or what I saw at USDA. He also said looking one level down from the data used by Heritage and other ideologically similar groups dispels many of their concerns. These are a lot of things I don't think we think about, that farmers are working nights and weekends not to get rich, but really just to pay back their loans, Willis said, pointing to a data point showing the average farmer, quote, basically works a job and a half just to get by through off-farm employment. Willis is now teaching at Utah State University, but he says he wrote this report separately from a college. Farm Bureau survey shows rise in some food prices. Some of the most common foods the average consumer buys at the grocery store have gotten more expensive, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation's annual fall harvest market basket survey. Of the 16 items the group tracked, 12 were more expensive than a year ago. Bacon led the way in the price spikes up 19 percent at 5.24 pound. That because of low pork belly supplies of the U.S., according to the analysis. But consumers also saw increases in the cost of chicken breast, orange juice, flour, vegetable oil, milk, apple, cereal, and other staples. John Newton, AFBF Director of Market Intelligence, said bacon was up significantly because of the lower inventory and higher prices of pork bellies. He said we saw a rally in wholesale bacon prices this summer and fall, which is being reflected at the retail level. Bacon is a sexy food item in restaurants and everywhere else, creating an inventory decline and thus a price increase. Soybean Group seeks dicamba solution. The American Soybean Association has re-emphasized its commitment to find a solution to the problem of dicamba damage to soybeans and other crops, an issue that ASA President Ron Moore said, quote, isn't going away. In fact, it's only getting worse. In a statement, Moore voiced support for university scientists, some of whom have produced research this year showing that new dicamba formulations approved for use in 2017 remain in the air for as long as 72 hours after application. Moore called it unacceptable that there are more than 2,200 dicamba damage complaints affecting more than 3 million acres in 21 states. In the statement, he said, We are committed to establishing both a cause and a path forward on the dicamba issue, including what actions need to be taken to assure that soybean farmers can use the product safely without damaging their own or their neighbor's crops. Last week, Arkansas's plant board recommended an April 15th cutoff date for dicamba use next year. BASF, which makes Ingenia, and Monsanto, which makes Extendamax, opposed the cutoff, Monsanto considering filing a lawsuit against the state. The company argues that the damage claims can be largely traced to a failure to follow label directions, application of illegal dicamba formulations, and spray tank contamination. Moore referred to those factors in saying that we do not yet have all the data we need to clearly determine the causes of this problem or the next steps we need to take. The association is continuing to discuss the issue with technology providers. 
Lastly, he said, it is absolutely true that farmers need and want new technologies to help fight resistant weeds, and we're going to support the marketing of those new technologies and new formulations. That need is not blind, however, and we need to ensure that these products can be used by farmers in varied climates and growing regions safely. Fisher, Schumacher, Pass. Two of agriculture's biggest champions passed away Sunday, according to AgriPulse. Former Dow AgriSciences president and CEO Charlie Fisher, 75, helped the company enter the field of biotechnology during his leadership from 1999 to 2004 and was the first person to hold the chairmanship of both CropLife America and CropLife International at the same time. He had a passion for FFA and was a past chairman of the sponsors board. In 2002, he was named the Agribusiness Leader of the Year by the National Agri-Marketing Association. The Texas native earned a bachelor's degree in animal science from Texas A&M University. A memorial service and reception will be held in his honor on Friday in Austin, Texas. As well, former U.S. Undersecretary for Farm, Foreign, and Agriculture Services, Gus Schumacher, died Sunday at the age of 77, that according to a statement released by Wholesome Wave, the nonprofit nutrition group which he helped to establish and run as chairman of the board. Finding ways to provide healthier food to the less fortunate and supporting farmers' markets were two of Schumacher's passions. Prior to serving as undersecretary, Schumacher served as administrator of the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. He worked as senior agri-lender for the World Bank and served as commissioner of food and agriculture for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It is with deep sadness that we share the news that Gus Schumacher passed away unexpectedly of a heart attack last night, a statement says of Gus. The good food movement, the agricultural sector, and the world at large has lost one of the most magnificent advocates ever known. Gus leaves an immeasurable legacy. His vision and work improved the lives of untold numbers of farmers and farms of all sizes and eaters of all incomes. The world is a far better place because of him. CropLife America CEO plans to retire. After nearly 30 years at the helm of CropLife America, Jay Vroom announced his plans to retire at the end of 2018. Vroom told participants attending the association's annual meeting in Dana Point, California yesterday, when I stepped into this role in 1988, I don't think I could have foreseen the challenges and triumphs the industry would encounter over the past three decades. Vroom said he plans to stay involved in agriculture to work on the critical issues of growing agriculture technology and improving profitability for American farmers, but also spend more time with his wife, Jamie, on their family farms in Illinois. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, September 26th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by FLM Harvest, a hybrid strategic consulting, marketing, and communications company that delivers innovative solutions and meaningful results to clients across the farm, food, environmental sciences, and lifestyle spectrum. For more information, please visit WideOpenThinking.com. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.